Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, church planner. This is Pete Mitchell, and I'm green. Oh, hey, ha- happy St. Patrick's Day, Pete Mitchell. This well, is your you. day. This is your day. This is your people's day. You know, I can actually uh, associate with so many different groups of people. Uh, I, the Irish, the, the Scottish, the, uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. <laughs> the, the Native Americans. Remember, I told you I'm Native American, right? Are you really, though? Yeah, I actually have a document from the Bureau of Indian Affairs, Department of the Interior, that says I'm Kauia Indian. And the reason why I have it is because my tribe sued the government because white man stole our land and we weren't going to stand for that. Wow. And the settlement went down as far as my generation. Really? Yes. 132nd Kauia Indian. So you got some money. No, I was born after. My cousins who were born, they got it. They had a cutoff. Dang. How much are we talking? Are we talking like five hundred? Couple hundred bucks. You know. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine them not getting another raw deal out of that. Oh, we settled, you know. Well, we it, it, part of it was also due to your your degree. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like my father and my grandmother, who my grandmother was one eighth, so she got the most in our family. Wow, wow, that's yeah. great. What'd she do with it? Did she just take it to Reno and spend it all in a casino or what? Uh, she bought guns. <laughs> Did she really? No, that would be so cool. That would <laughs> that be my would grandma. Be then you then you could have that story like we were talking about before we, we started recording about my grandpa drank all this whiskey every day, ate eggs and smoked cigars and lived till he was 110. We were just talking about people always want to say that crap. And you're like, yeah, no, that's great. Um, I got a lot of YouTube videos that show people, you know, jumbling out parachutes, and they live sometimes too. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, hey, uh, really, right now, um, I wanted to just point this out as I feel obligated to do every St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick was a Welshman, so today I celebrate the Welsh bringing the gospel to the Irish. Hey. You still do it on this podcast. Hey, hey, it means something, man. It means something to me. So uh, anyways, yes, you're welcome, world, for uh, another Welsh person bringing you something good. We've talked about this many times, right? Which part? Just how awesome the Welsh are. Well, I would think that you would feel that way with as much time as you spent there. Yes. Dude, the a Welsh? friend of mine, I found out she lived over there in Wales for a number of years. Really? Yeah. What part? Do you know? I don't. Something that sounded like. <laughs> 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 
think that was it. Yes, yes. Um, You've heard no, of the no place. kidding. No kidding. The word please in Welsh is Asquala So there you go. Jeez. That's sweet. You'll be in the post office. I'll be like did this whole phrase in Welsh because everything's bilingual. And then at the end, like you know, they go Asquala and you're like, oh, cool. The Achimvaris, thank you very much. It's apparently the second hardest language to learn behind uh is it Russian or one of the one of the Russian type languages. I, I don't know. I'm not good at languages. I took Welsh class and uh, I almost got kicked out like I did Spanish because I, um, what song did I string together? I, I tried to translate a song and I sang it in class for my teacher instead of doing my homework. She was not impressed. And, uh, but I did get a rad gospel conversation out of that. So it was great. Nice. Yeah. So anyways, Pete, so what, hey, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, the podcast where we do absolutely nothing to build our podcast and uh, make new connections. Uh, and, and so if you could help us out, maybe hit like or subscribe. We I don't think I've asked for that in like five years, but um, I, I've watched the other cool kids doing it on their podcast. And apparently, Pete, that's what we're supposed to do. So uh, there's a lot of things we're probably supposed to do. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Like, like. Do an episode every week. Yeah, I think we're supposed to have a website too, like churchplanner.com or something like we that. We had a website and then I was kind of like, eh, I'm getting tired <laughs> of uh, the upkeep on this thing. I tell people, I'm like, you know, our podcast, it's like we're listening number two. And then Pete's like, we should have been number one, right? On that <laughs> the, the uh, church planning podcast to, to look at. Like you know, Ed we, Stetzer, why does he have the number one spot? No, right? it should be us. We've been around right? longer. We're way more entertaining, and we don't have a little uh, squirrel on our face. So, I mean, come on. Hey, he actually, you know, he shaved that off. I saw a picture of him the other day. He will always have the squirrel on his face as far as I'm concerned. I looked at this picture. I did double take, and I'm like, that's Ed Stetson. He looked a lot younger. I think he's been losing weight, but he also shaved that off. He looks so much better without that. Oh, absolutely. That was an Ed Stetzer I could get behind. No, in all honesty, I owe that guy big time. He actually read my book. And wrote the um, forward. He wrote a really good forward for my book or That's introduction cool. or whatever. Who I, I don't keep track. Is your of book out? I, I didn't even know you had one. No, and I, and I put you get this. I put you on the list of influencers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm gonna hit people that have smaller podcasts than us. I, it's about time I put Pete on there as an influencer. So that's what I did. That's awesome. Did they start laughing when they saw that? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's an influencer. <laughs> you are an influencer, an influencer of evil. Todd. I, that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So my book comes out April 20th. Now you can uh, pre-order it now. Um, by the way, there's an audio book, Pete. Nice. And the same guy that did Church Zero is reading my book. I think he's done now. 400 pages. Does he have to do voices in this one like he did in Church Zero? I don't remember. I don't remember that much about this book. I just remember like, okay, so I gave it to my Inklings group and all my Inklings guys were like, dude, this is your best book. Like, this is your masterpiece. This is a book you're born to write. So that was kind of cool for because those guys. And none of them actually read it, though. That was just to make you. No, they ripped me to shreds. In fact, um, all the discussion questions were written by Joel Hughes, who's, you you know, Joel, right? He's University of Ohio psychology professor. I was like, ah, this is going to be used in. Is he a ginger? No, 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 no. No, I don't know who he is. But oh, my gosh, that meme you sent me. Of, um, was that not the best oh meme I, ever? I was dying. It was so good. Do you want to share it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it hits too close to home. It was the best. I got so much joy out of that. And then your other one this week that I laughed out loud so hard about, you know, you should probably share that one because I'll butcher it. Not even, I, I, which one? The one about the apocalypse. Oh, the machine. Yeah. Yeah, what was the one about the apocalypse? It's something like, you know, 10 years from now, you'll go to put (laughs) on a coat and you'll find a mask in the pocket. And you'd be like, wow, those are some crazy days back then. (laughs) As you grab your machete and you stick to the shadows to avoid the roving bands of cannibals. (laughs) Mutants, yeah. Mutant cannibals. (laughs) Oh, man. 
You know, it's weird, man, because our topic today is going to be, um, you know, I, a few weeks ago, I asked for people's questions. What do you want to talk about? And one of the guys talked about like, hey, church buildings, yada, yada, you know, thing of the past. So we're going to talk about that because church on building. Like yeah, building? church buildings. Yeah, like like how do we do ministry outside of church buildings? We've talked about that because I wrote a whole book about it called Reaching Unreach, Becoming Raiders of the Lost Art. I literally just got off my other podcast. You literally where, just have it right there on your desk. Hey, just in case I need to show you guys, this hey. is what I got. Yeah, I, I literally have it here because I just got done recording the Ministry Ninja podcast, and we're going through this book chapter by chapter, which... Hey, get ready, Pete. 21 chapters in uh, church plantology. I think we, no, I'm teasing. We've actually kind of been doing that. Uh, and then, and then I, I decided I don't want to do that anymore, but we, we've actually moved through a ton of chapters because I was working on them over the past year. And, um, yeah. So, uh, but you know, there's a whole chapter on that, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it's amazing to me. I, I made this statement in the book. I don't mean to kick in today's topic. I'm sorry. I'm so just I'll, trying to I'll distract you and get you to look at my dog. I Your dog's so cute, dude. Those ears are the coolest dog ears ever. He has ears that look. What do those ears look like? They stick straight up and then they flop over at the tips. That's so <laughs> dude, rad. It's like, but, but they don't flop over like in half. They point outward like at a 90 degree angle. It's so I rad. I it's like a. It's like a... a a radar dish, you know, like it's she's cool. getting bigger too. I took her to uh PetSmart and I made her step on the scale. She's a 43 pounds. Oh, dude, nice. She's getting big. She's getting big. She's putting on some weight. So she's she's starting to kind of look more like pit bully. She like does look more like a pit bull now. She is yeah. strong. We go out for a walk and it hurts because she's pulling so hard bad because oh, we're she's we're so bad cute dude. trainers. She is so cute. I want to come see her. Yeah, everyone likes Here's her. Some cuddles. like she loves every person. Oh, she's dude. She is seriously the cutest dog. I think. I think you and I own the two cutest dogs on the planet. Your dog is scary. Your dog is cute, but I mean, your dog is like <laughs> that's not the dog I want to go mess with. Yeah, she. I, you know, this guy dropped a package from overseas today, and he walked. I could tell like this guy's never been to my house before. It was like he didn't even know. My dog exists. All the other guys know. They leave it up on top of the wall now. <laughs> like we're not going anywhere. They near. don't come in my yard anymore. And uh, th- there's a guy who used to always like give him beer and like, you know, like we we shoot the fat for a bit and he's gone. You know, like he, he didn't come in anymore. But uh, yeah, she's she's big. She's getting bigger all the time. How much does she weigh now? Uh, Andrew said she's about 75 going Good on 80. Night. She's not even full grown yet, so you know. How is she um, around other people? Mom, not they at- weighed mom recently. Mom, I thought mom was eighty five. Mom was ninety five. So, and how dad much was- does she weigh? Or, or, or no, not weigh. How is she with people outside of your home? Like, if you go for a walk, what's she like? With people? Uh, she's okay with people. She is really strong. And she goes, um, she's in this thing right now where she's lunging at dogs. Oh. And so we got to hold her really tight. And I can hold her, like, you know, but she'll get airborne. Like, I'll literally be suspending her, like, you know, and she's like, there's no sense of, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. And, uh, but she, I, I will tell you this, no one's going to mess with us while we're walking with her. People, yeah. people have, we had this guy the other day, we we're walking down the train tracks and uh, that's like hobo camp. So uh, this guy was out of his head and he started, but he kept his distance, but he was talking all kinds of gibberish and nonsense at us. And, uh, but you know, just having that dog is kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to carry a weapon when I'm walking in there. I think, I think I got my weapon, you know? And uh, it just, if you're smart, you'll keep away from that dog. And if that dog, thinks that there's a threat like she kicks in when she has to i can't remember when it was recently she she and like you know i was like well andrew's gonna be safe that's good so that's exactly what you want man like when i go on trips i want zoe to have the deep bark and scare everybody you know, it's funny. She went to her mom's and, you know, she, she always has a hard time sleeping at her mom's. Her mom's real old and she got to look after her and stuff. But, um, so she goes down there occasionally. She's like, I- I'm going to start bringing the dog. So she brought the dog and she has a dog sleep with her. And she's like, I sleep really good. 
<laughs> but that dog, I don't know if I told you, their instinct is no matter where you put them in a room, they position themselves and sleep facing the door. <laughs> Do they really? Yeah, it's part of their instinct. They're such a good watchdog, dude. Wow. So Doberman, for those of you listening don't know, I have a really big Doberman. And she's she's a baby. I mean, she's a she's a you know, we we talk uh, about like she is such a cuddle bug with us. She always they call them Velcro dogs. They want to they want to lean their body up against you. They they want to cuddle you. They want to lean in. It's it's really cute. I mean, they're awesome dogs. So yeah, I've never had a, a dog that wants it, but she wants to cuddle and she weighs as much. You know, like she'll lay half on me if I'm on the. She can't be on the sofa, but she's kind of learned if I lay across your lap. It's kind of cheating. I'm on you. I'm not on the sofa. And we kind of let her do it. And uh, she's, uh, but she'll, she'll just snuggle. It's really, it's, it's cool, man. I'm a big sucker for this dog. So I am, I am such a dog person. Like, yeah. It's really funny to Jamie this time with Zoe because she's like, "Yeah, you are a dog person." I'm like, yeah, I, you are I just, such a dog person. Like, like you're the most dog person out of all my friends. You are the most dog person friend I have. Oh yeah, and not only that, but like, uh, like, like my favorite thing about your dog right now is it's your lifting buddy. That's hilarious when you're posting those pictures. That's so rad. <laughs> yeah, I'll be out there doing back rows, and she'll be like all over me like won't won't leave me alone well uh podcast listener you're probably wondering why you got lost in pete's and i friendship for a minute there and talking about our dogs because it's the only time we talk (laughs) well you know what's funny is you know yes that's true yeah (laughs) there's nothing funny about it (laughs) our friendship is for 30 minutes a day and then we talk church planning for 30 minutes pretty much Hey, I moved my office from my last time. It is in its final destination, and I am not moving off unless God should call me overseas, which could happen. I don't think I'll be moving that office ever again. And if I do go overseas, I think I'm going to keep it there and give it to somebody. <laughs> oh, it comes with the house. Do you have any bedrooms in your house now? Because I know you only had one for the longest time. Yeah. So now we have a bedroom for all the humans. Okay. We have an apartment. And we have two offices and a million storage closets. We built store. I must have like four new storage closets, like like walk-ins, like big things. I mean, the Joneses love their storage. It's not like we're pack rats, but you know, like when you have like, you know, your wife says, oh, go get the holiday tub out of the garage. And you got to dig through crap to get to it. Do you, do you have this problem? I don't get the holiday tub out of the garage. You see yeah, my see, house at Christmas time. Yeah. It looks like St. Nick came and threw up all over the place. That's yeah, what I see. I knew I was gunning for something. I, I want I, nothing I knew to I do would, with that. So I have to go get the tubs and drag them in. But anyways, problem is they're usually out in the shed or they're, you know, wherever these things are kept. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, I'm just building a closet for that stuff. It'll be Halloween, Easter. It'll all be categorized. Cause I have early onset OCD. I like things organized. So that's the way it's got to be. But uh, yeah. So on Through the Word, I'm starting yet another podcast. On what? So Through the Word, we're starting a podcast. So those of you that that don't know, I work for Through the Word. Isn't that basically what Through the Word is? It's just like a 10-minute podcast every day? Check this out. This is rad. So uh, we're reproducing ourselves, trying to teach others the techniques of teaching the Bible. So think of it as a preaching podcast, a teaching podcast, whatever. Um, I always, it's interesting because Chris knew me as a preacher. That's how he always knew me. When he first got saved, he came to the church, I baptized him. I was preaching uh, through Ephesians at that time. And um, he, uh, that's how he knew me. And over the years, he just knew me as a guy that came and taught, like how you and I met, where I would come and preach. And um, he, uh, so so it's really weird because Chris is like, that's, he, he kind of gets the DNA, like at, at your heart, that's what you are as a preacher and teacher. But even though like, I'm kind of known for being a church planner, more apostolic, yada, yada. But as I'm kind of shifting back into this role of teaching, I can't help but like reproduce 
you know, that that's always going to be equipping others. That's part of the apostolic gifting combined with, with the teaching big blade on the Swiss army knife. So we're starting this podcast that is just walking through. There's a couple dynamics to it. There's four different types of episodes. There's number one, um, twice a month, we'll talk about a book. So like if through the word Genesis, we go behind the scenes, like Chris, how did you, like Chris is the teacher on that. How did you do that? What did you, I noticed you did this. So I'll listen to the entire through the word on all 50 chapters on Genesis. It's a lot, right? So that that's a lot of my job right now is listening to that, deconstructing it, coming back, having something to talk to Chris about. And then we'll do one that's like a teacher basic training going through the techniques of teaching. And then the last one would be an interview. So we're hoping to get guys like Swindoll, Alistair Begg. Um, their listenership is so huge, dude. In like probably a month or two, it'll be at 200,000 daily listens. So, the Through the Word podcast? Yeah, they're about 170,000 right now. Yeah. They're 150,000 about a month ago. They're just growing, dude. Could you imagine so, getting the sponsor for that? Well, and that's the thing. Is that they ain't don't no $500 a month job. They don't want, and they don't want sponsorship, um, which is, you know, it's just part of who they are. They're like, nah, we don't want to make any money. Like we literally just want people to come. It's free. And then if people want to donate to it and people are donating to this thing, it's kind of like the Bible project. Those guys get like millions of bucks, but I have pitched her idea about the Psalms to, uh, what was my idea about the Psalms? It was our idea. Yeah. It was, um, it was songs? the one about yeah, wow. getting all these musicians. So I'm, 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 yeah, we're we're we're, we're playing around with that one. That's future. That would be years from now. If I we forgot do it. about that. Yeah, you and I, you and I could, we could, we could step into that. But yeah. that's another conversation for another yeah. day. So, uh, anyways, well, hey, should we? Uh, you got anything you want to share before we kick into our topic? Uh. No. Okay. You like that? No. Oh. But I went to the zoo. Uh, since this is smack talk, we talk about anything we want. They were finally really open. This. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm into this mug. Dude, look. It, it's got the four fingers. Like, all mugs should have that where you can four fingers right there. And it's big. Dude, there's so much coffee this thing holds. It's like a mug made. The only, the only bummer is it has animals on it. You don't Because like it was from the zoo. It's all right. You know, it's got lions and rhinos and some bird, but like, that's cool and all. I can tolerate that. But. So I do have one thing to share. Okay. Remember I told you my son is really into Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Like really into that. Yeah. So he's got a switch and on the switch, you can only play one player Fortnite. Oh, oh, you can play two player Fortnite on the same TV. On an Xbox, apparently you can. Oh, I didn't know that. I have an Xbox. And I think even a PlayStation 5 okay. or whatever. Is it cross-platform? Like, can you? Uh, can I play my same character on the Switch yeah. that I do on Xbox? Cool. Yeah. Um, so, I, I've, I, and I'm not a gamer. Like, Mario Kart, that's the extent of my game. It's a hard game. I love Mario Kart, but yeah. that's the only one. I want to go around a racetrack and shoot turtle shells at people. Isn't that the best? That's it. That's all I want to do. So, uh, so anyway, but I'm like, okay, my son is nine. He's not going to always want to play with dad because he's always like, all right, dad, can I, can I teach you how to play Fortnite? Oh, okay. Right. And, <laughs> you know, he's nine. So he's a horrible teacher. Right? It's like, so it's good. awful. And uh, so anyway, I got an Xbox. It's coming today. So I can play really? with the boy. Dude, Xbox is the bomb. Friend so, me on it. So that way we can have two player. Yeah, friend me on it. I'll I'll join you guys. I'll friend you on it. I don't know what that means, but you sure. know I'm pretty good though, right? Like I I'm I'm just saying I'm really good at it. <laughs> you know, uh I'm pretty much not. I don't play it ever. Like I'm scared to play it now because after getting like five number one in a row, like the last man standing, I'm like Okay, those were like freak events, and now I'm like, now I got this like weird. Yeah, now I'm scared. Do you just run and hide and wait until there's only one other person? No, I don't. You know, I, but what I do is I go get a bunch of weapons and I upgrade. So when it when it's time, like, and then I fight people when I see them. But I'm constantly upgrading weapons to epics and then legendaries if I find them, and then I just waste everybody. 
So I hunt for weapons when it first starts. I'm like, I'm going looking for crap. And, uh, and I usually go in the very middle of the island where that big giant building is in the center. There's tons of crap in there. So I'm going to spend like five minutes just breaking crates in there. And then when I get out there, I'm pretty tough. Oh, and if a, and if a loot crate drops from the sky, go get that. There's rad stuff in there. What I just heard you say was, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> so which, which skins does he have? Because I got snake eyes, Captain America, and the Mandalorian. I was explaining to him. And I'm pretty happy have, about this. I was explaining to him that you have the snake eyes tattoo. And he was like, what? And I go, well, snake eyes has this little mark that it, it, it's not really a tattoo on him, but on Peyton, it's a tattoo. What? Can you tattoo your children or is that illegal? I would say it classifies just, as the unwise category. My wife just made a, a horrified gasp. So I, th- I think it's a bad idea. Oh, there's the dog right there. Yeah. Look at her. Come here. Whoop. Come here. <laughs> Look at her. Look at her. Look smaller on screen, though. It's because she's kind of back a bit. What are you doing? And come here. Come here. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, she says, forget you. I'm, I'm not having mom. any of that. She's watching mom right now. She's hoping to get something. Oh, can I have one? So, uh, all right. Well, hey, let's get into today's topic since uh, we're veering back into dogs again. I don't think our... our uh... Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. There you go. <laughs> I missed my cue. All right. Well, hey, we're going to talk today uh, through a Facebook question, which is the church is people. The culture is changing. Brick and mortar buildings may be becoming the old world way of how it was back then. How are we to move forward? Where can we gather? It's not to be forsaken, but what will it look like to the generations yet to come? (laughs) And I wrote, because never miss an opportunity to give a shameless plug. Sounds like you've been reading Reaching the Unreached. He says, well, sadly, no. (laughs) But I'm not surprised you covered it in your book. So uh, anyways... Um, hey, reaching in a reach, uh, handles that cha-ching. How's that shameless plug? I like it. Yeah. So basically, you know, it's funny, man. Cause I, let me just pull up a, a, a quote that, um, you know, just to me, when I wrote this thing, um, oh, where'd it go? Oh, where'd it go? Oh. I, I remember my dad once um, spilled something on his shirt, and uh, I'm tempted to, to 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 make fun of him for that because he he goes, oh, it's ruined. <laughs> my brother always make fun of that because he was not effeminate at all, but when he spilled stuff on his clothes, oh, it's ruined. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, because I just about went, oh. I can't find it. I can't find this quote now. But on this on this chapter, I make this statement. Here, here you go. I found it. Many churches are still prepping themselves for the future that isn't coming. Our strategies rely upon utilizing tomorrow the buildings we've built today. Now, so stop and think of it. This is 2016. I wrote this. It gets published in 2017. Um, ironically, it drops on April 20th. That, that should tell you something. But basically, um, I wrote this, and I remember writing this thinking, this is prophetic, right? Like, I, there's just times I write stuff, and I'm like, okay, that that is from the Lord. That is that is like a prophetic word. I'm not going to be like, hey, this part of the book's prophetic. But um, but but literally, this this paragraph. It now, when you read it on the other side of COVID. It's interesting. And so much of this book was this way. Somebody had posted something months ago, like, ah, I'm reading, reaching the unreaching. And gosh, it seems like it, it was just like a prophecy manual for what's happening. Uh, I'm not claiming that. But um, but anyways, let me reread it. Many churches are still prepping themselves for the future that isn't coming. Our strategies rely upon utilizing tomorrow the buildings we built today. But if Europe is an indication of where things are going, yesterday's ornate church buildings are going to be converted to tomorrow's nightclubs, mosques, and carpet warehouses. 
It's disheartening to stand in an intricately carved Gothic stonework church building where the gospel once thundered forth, but where the pulpit now serves as a DJ booth and a swanky nightclub. Like the subterranean Cold War bunkers buried in backyards across America, our church fortifications when our church fortifications when the future we anticipate fails to materialize will echo. Like Europe, the bastions of religion will serve as bastards or barriers to the culture around them and endure as lifeless monuments to a wasteful age of opulence and misguided priorities. Inevitably, there are leaders who feel powerless to change things, but are going through the motions, hoping, despite their dwindling megachurch attendance, that there will be enough money to see them through retirement. Many leaders are in a holding period, and they know it. They're hoping you don't. Um, it's, it's, it's pointed, you know, admittedly, but you know, the whole idea between behind, uh, reaching the unreach, the subtitle says it becoming Raiders of the lost art. The lost art is being able to do church in public space. And so what, what's kind of, um, disheartening to me is that when the pandemic has hit, all people are thinking about is online church, right? There's a, uh, it was as if like Zoom was the big savior, you know, oh, we can still keep people's attention. Now, admittedly, keeping people's attention is important and necessary in one sense, like to keep yourself from dying. But again, if that's what you've been operated f- operating from and for to keep your little thing from dying, that's only going to be able to to be maintained for so long. Right. Um, well, that's the reason why the next generation is left. Right. Well, exactly. And and here's the thing. I was I was talking with Chris. We we're doing this teaching podcast, right? Um, which won't launch till June, so don't go look for it yet. But the the thing is, is that he brought up this piece of his gate. He was making an illustration. He had like uh, a piece of of wood that was painted white, and he shows you the side picture, and he goes, "This looked fine when it was on my gate." He goes, "You couldn't tell." But inside it was all rotten. On the outside, the form, the structure was still there, but inside it was rotten. He goes, I literally just reached up and broke it off brittily. That's what's happening with a church that can only think, oh my gosh, I, I've just got to keep eyes on, 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 on what I'm preaching and what I'm doing and keep that money coming in. The rot is already set in. Mm. The outside paint veneer, that's all you're keeping going. But even that mentality is a rot that eventually something like COVID, eventually whatever the next thing is, crack, it's just going to snap you off. And I actually don't think you'll survive when things open back up if that's how you've been operating. Because people now have changed. COVID has not just changed churches. It's changed people who went to church. It's now changed many, many of the people that, that we in the missional movement complained about to say, hey, you know, you're, you're building consumers. They've now realized, I don't ever have to go again. In fact, I can just catch that video before I go to sleep one night that you're putting up every week. I did that fine. And my, my life didn't suffer. Nothing really changed because I either watched the show physically with you from Sunday 10 to 11, but I'm busy. I got things to do. The consumers that were padding out many of our churches caught on to the fact that they could consume on their own time and on their own terms. And so we're not, we're, we're, we're not gaining anything. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm really concerned that rather than going to, um, a, uh, um, you know, a, a return or a, an innovation of, well, what does it look like when we come back together? And I've said this before, we've done a whole podcast on this, um, that people are saying, well, you know, we can now focus on digital church. Digital church is where it's at. Um, I'm concerned about that. Um, and we can do digital cohorts. Yeah. Hey, look, someone over here will train us to do it for two grand a month. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's funny you bring this up because I was thinking, you know, with all the closure and the pandemic and all that stuff, I was like, how is my church making it? Like, I don't get it because they can't meet and they have this huge staff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I, every time I'm like, oh, you're a pastor, you're a pastor. Good night. How many pastors does this church have? 
And I will say this about the church. The church does a lot with missions, right? So it's not yeah. just all about pastors. And I don't think any of them are really paid all that much. But uh, And the church is very, very focused on missions. I mean, it's well, definitely a missions-based church. I think your tithe carries like four pastors, Pete. <laughs> Just not joking. my tithe. It's I'm just joking. The, the, the good old days. It, it's been a while since the good old days. <laughs> the lean times have set in. And uh, so anyway, the last two weeks we've had, because, you know, we, we go to a church offshoot. They call it a church plant, but it's really a branch. It's not of, a real church. It's not a real church plant. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not a church plant. Yeah, you're a satellite. You're, you're like a, satellite. a smaller satellite. And um, so the last two weeks they've come on and they've said, Hey, you know what? Uh, giving's down. It's only down 5%, which is really good. But that's also because we had a lot of uh, one-time gifts that just happened to have come in. And this isn't unusual. Most churches are down about the same percentage, but our fiscal year is coming up. And we just want to give you guys a heads up that, you know, we're going to have to look at everything, including, you know, perhaps even staff reductions. And I'm like, Ooh, it's finally setting in. So, people, here's the deal. A couple things happened when COVID hit. Number one, people thought they were going to die. So, people started giving, which is always the go-to. Oh, you know, if you're not walking tight with God, I'll, I'll give God some money. You think? Right? Yeah. You think that happened? Yeah. A lot of the big gifts and a lot of the... Um, these these are probably from deaths. It was probably like... Could be that too, but there, there. Whenever any major tragedy happens, two things happen. People initially they will give, thinking, "Uh oh, I better settle up with God." And then the second thing is people pull back, right? Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like an initial reaction of, "Oh, I'll make sure me and God are okay." And and I'm talking again about consumers aren't walking with God; they don't understand the gospel. And it, but people kind of tend to settle up when. You know, the the future is that uncertain. And then, because the future is still uncertain, they pull back on their finances. They think, right. oh, I gave God a bunch. We're good. We're cool. And then they pull back. Or, you know, some people keep giving, but there there is kind of a pattern there. And what's happening now is churches are starting to see a decline in the giving because now there's talks of a housing crash, a recession coming. Everybody's just kind of like, all right, you know, like, get ready, batten down the hatches. And so now people are freaking out a bit. Right. And and that happens. I mean, I've, I've been the victim of that, you know, uh, hanging on the rope on the other side of the mission field when all of a sudden the rope gets cut, you know, because in America, everyone panicked. Right. So... But, you know, the, the, the whole idea, you know, it's, it's really interesting. One of the things that, that I really want churches to be asking is how can you go back different? Right. Um, how do you, how do you reopen in a way like for us at Refuge Long Beach? You know, I, I made the joke in the book that many people get kicked out of their building. We got kicked in. Remember when the, the apartments were complaining and one guy got saved? He was right. out by the dumpster and it, he wrote us that letter and he goes, by the way, your music is not good. And, you know, he, he but he ends up getting saved. He was taking the trash out like a week or two later. And uh, we had turned the music down, but he heard the gospel. He heard Romans 8. He stood by his dumpster the whole time, heard the gospel, and got saved. And so, you know, you you kind of look back at that. For us, it was always outside. It was always meeting in public space that was going to help us. And Whitfield made that that comment that I have reached 10 times more people by being outside of churches than being in. And I really feel like I saw one church, they're building an outdoor amphitheater. John Corson did that years ago. Um, he built an outdoor amphitheater. And so churches are starting to think, well, how do we build something for COVID? So they're building like the outdoor amphitheater, like you who's know, doing community. that? Who's building an outdoor amphitheater? I saw it online. I don't I don't remember who it was, but they they basically were were building something that would like survive COVID. But again, keep in mind that this is what I'm saying is is it, it's not a bad idea. But you got to keep in mind that people, people's mindsets have also shifted. Once you told them it was cool, hey, we can do everything that we did before online. Um, they got the message. Well, why am I coming then? Right. What we should have said was, Hey guys, but this isn't how church operates. This is, this is going back to church zero now. Cha-ching. Um, 
Church Zero teaching made the point that you church ought to be interactive. So in my next book, Church Mindology, Chiching, I, I hit all three right then. Like Mickey's Taylor, I swatted three with one blow. Um, the uh, you know that book is going to basically really go back to that interactive. This is for church planners. I'm like, look, if you're going to start it, do it right. But now's the chance for you to hit the reset button. And I've said this before, but I keep seeing the messages being broadcast out there being you know digital or you know um hey we're going to open back up or shifting a different direction but the church refusing to change to change its ways society has changed consumers have changed but yeah. leaders have not changed that's the problem the leaders are 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 and in in a weird way they're not even following like the culture, not even leading out. They're just staying the same because church is this weird thing. Like, like in one sense, I'm the biggest advocate for church. Church ought to be physical. Church ought to be face to face. Church ought to be incarnational, but it has to be interactive. There has to be something. If you're, let me just put it this way. If your church is not doing Anything that can't be reproduced digitally, then you're blowing it. If there's not something you can turn on that digital, because I have no, I, I think you should be doing stuff digital. But if you can't turn to the people in digital and say, "Man, I can't wait till we're back to face to face," because then we can do. You know, small groups again on Sunday. We can do interacting. We can eat together. We can do communion. We can. These are the things people need to be hearing. All the things we can do together. Baptisms. We can, you know, not all this digital. Oh, we could just do it all the same. Um, laying on of hands. Um, uh, people using their gifts with one another. Those are all the things that, that, that the Bible bends over backwards to tell you is really, 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 really important in what the early church did. So again, I'm a little self-conscious. This is nothing new, but it is answering the question about buildings. You don't need buildings to do anything face-to-face. -face. Church near me called The Field started up like 15 years ago. Um, just meeting on the beach, right? Right at the end of my street, you know, that that's, that's how they plan it. Um, just met on the beach because it was free. And they got up to about 50 people and then they called themselves the fields because they then rented the flower fields in Carlsbad. They met in the greenhouse there, which had to be really uncomfortable. But, um, but anyways, so then now they've got their own building. They're all, they're, they're all tucked away there. But I, I, I would just encourage and, you know, all of you innovate, go somewhere where, you know, even if you've got a building or you're meeting in homes, Find your temple courts. Go back to Acts where it says, and they met, you know, daily house to house and in temple courts. You've got to have both of those. Um, you got to have a place to, to regroup and do things that are intimate, um, like a house. And then you've got to do public ministry, temple courts, a space that's not your own. You've got to innovate out in their space. Nothing wrong with meeting in your own space, but what we do is we, we obliterate that where we can do intimate things and we obliterate where unbelievers are. And we've had this weird compromise that takes the worst of both. We're no, we're not going to reach any non-believers in our building and we can't do anything in a, you know, intimate in these really large gatherings. So what, what I'm advocating is take the best of both, get out in public space. And when you meet, meet in smaller groups so you can meet in intimate small groups during your public meeting in public space. Well, one of the things that you've said for years on this podcast is there are three purposes to church, right? For yeah. us to hear from God, for God to hear from us, and for us to hear from each other. And digital church, as great as it is, we might be able to hear from God, but God's not necessarily hearing from us, and we're certainly not hearing from each other. Yeah. And it's incomplete. It's, yeah. it's the one-legged stool, right? It, it's It's... It's not going to work. It's not going to hold a person over long term. It's 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 incomplete. You bring up a really good point, and that is, you know, even like with worship, just hearing the echoes of the people of God praising God together. Well, that's um, like our, our church when it 
you know, we had a, a brief stint where we could meet before they took it away again. And <laughs> don't get me started on that, but um, <clears throat> we couldn't sing in church. It was like, what is the point of this? Right. Literally, what is the point of this? It this doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yep. Yep. No, I, I hear you, brother. We here's the thing. We, you know, if you're if you're gonna be hearing like for us in our church, it would be somebody would share too. Like someone might share yeah. in between a song, like, hey, um, you know, I've been really praying for you guys or blah blah. Like there's interaction even in the worship part. Someone might share a prophetic word. You remember the dude who uh, you were like driving by the street by the church <laughs> and you like, you like stopped and you said, uh, Hey man, God told me to tell you Jesus loves you. I don't remember what, what it was. Yeah, I was standing in the parking lot talking to people after church in this like Cadillac, like jacked up thing, like off a rap video is just stopped there pumping music. And, and I literally felt I resisted. I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm like, God. And I knew it was him. Like, it, there's a certain point where it's not like you're playing games with yourself, this and that. I had another instance of that this week. And, um, but it, where you know God's saying, go talk to that dude. And I yeah. Did. And then that dude ended up showing up at church like the next week. And then you had open mic, you know, where people, he's like, I'm going to go say something. And he gets up and goes down. And yeah, but like, like, I think the worship leader said, Oh, you know, if you have anything on your heart, you know, but he, he went up on stage. Like he jumped up there on stage. He had, didn't like, know, right? Even though I just like the metal rocks. grill and yeah. yeah, he had like cornrows and he was a white dude, but yeah. like he had all the, you know, all the trap and you knew like, Okay, this dude, he's uh, he's he in was, the game, um, and I'm not talking about the religious game. He's in a yeah. whole other game. Yeah, he was. You know, he was when I when I went up there, I approached him very carefully because remember that one guy that was like, "Hey, you don't walk up to people here around here." You know, like I remember one. I walked up to him. He goes, "I don't know who you are. You back off." And he's like, and he told me, "You're gonna get hurt." You walk up. So I made sure this dude saw me. I, I had my hands up. I just said, excuse me, you know, blah, blah, blah. was really polite and uh, really respectful and then said to him, hey, I feel. And he said, God told you to tell that to me? And I said, yeah. And he goes, huh. Well, it turns out the night before, God, I mean, I had this in the staples once and dude started crying. He's like, you have no idea. He's like, I just prayed to God for the first time ever in my life last night. Show me you're real. And he's like, I'm raising my brothers and sisters and my parents died. And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like breaking down at Staples, you know, um, you know, like like so many times when you when you do that and God is there, you're just like. So for me, those things, it's like it, it's unmistakable. I, I got an Uber for this and I were with the kids and. We were going to this restaurant. They ended up shutting down. There was a homeless girl outside, and she, you know, she she said something to us that was kind of funny about the thing. And then she said, "Hey, uh, uh, if you guys are heading over to to Miko Sushi, you know, because you know she, she mentioned there, and she said, well, hey, if you're heading over there, you know, <laughs> you could give me a ride.' And I was like, "Hey, you know, I I I look, I can't I can't give you a ride." You know, but how about if I got you an Uber? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, she's on her way to do something not very good. We know right. that, you know, um, we, we've been around. And she started telling her, her story. And we had a rural refuge in Long Beach, um, you know, which was uh, basically don't ever believe the, the, the first story you hear. Always believe the second story or the third story and know that it's still not. So we would train our people. Don't you're going to hear a story. It's the survival stories. It's what they tell people because. Well, that's I remember how they one by. guy told you who his dad was, that he was this famous preacher who we'd all <laughs> you know, know. Fred Price. <laughs> and you go, my response was almost going to be, then why are you homeless? But <laughs> you like held your tongue. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's just making up a story. Oh, he was all kinds of things. He was. Oh, a, he was a, he Navy was a special forces. Yeah. It was, oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. He had one morning, he had seen a bus full of kids on a Sunday morning, catch on fire. Um, he was, he was something else. And, uh, we would hear all these stories and we, you know, we were just loving, we just put our arm around him and pray for him and just love on him. And, um, that was good. You know, he, uh, 
But anyways, going back, going back to this, you know, with this girl, we just sat and talked to her and, you know, it was, it was just, it was a divine appointment, you know, and just being able to talk to her a little, little about the Lord. And she was, she was talking about God herself. So I don't know what happened, but there's that, that scripture that says, you know, don't fail to entertain stranger for some have uh, entertained angels unaware. And so, and we kind of, that verse came to us like, Hey, we don't know what God was doing there, but there was something in that and we'll see her again, you know? Um, so God's stirring us on our end, but it's that whole idea. And we knew like those little conversations for us, I knew walking away. Oh, my wife's not going to be able to live with this because now God's stirring. Like, I just know how this works. Now my wife's going to start, um, well, you know, we're, we're in this kind of like weird holding pattern. We're getting ready to do any something anyways. So you could just sense, you know, and, uh, God was moving. So, uh, but anyways, Hey, we're out of time. So, uh, Pete, I wanted to, to say while you're, uh, doing all this divine appointment stuff and you're starting to reach people outside of the building, uh, how do you get all of your tax compliance you need, especially with you having so many pastors to look after in your church? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, my church never gives me my tax th- statement at the end of the year. They don't? They, no, I think they just expect you to like, well, you keep track of it, right? Big like, boy, you keep track of your own. Aren't you supposed to do that? Isn't that like a legal thing? Absolutely, Pete. And you know, Simplify Church will do that for them. Wait, Simplify Church? Like yeah, .com? Sim- oh, SimplifiedChurch.com, Pete. And you can tell uh, Josh Henry over there that Peyton and Pete sent you. SimplifiedChurch.com, they'll take care of all your tax compliance, your payroll, all those things you need, your accounting, budgeting. They'll do all of it for you. And they'll send tax statements out to everybody as required by law. I love it. Thank you, Simplified Church. You make my life easy. (laughs) Simple. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for the podcast. This is Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.